Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. All right, what's up, everybody? Good morning. Why don't you look at two or three people and say you got better looking after worship and uh, just make somebody's day Really quick. Hey, thank you for fighting all that extra traffic this morning. I know that threw us back a little bit. Uh, I think we got some community events going on, and so I know that was a, a little a little extra step. So uh, anyway, you picked a great day to come to church. Uh, we are starting a new two-part series called Green-Eyed Monster, and it is about jealousy and envy, and I am just really excited about this one because I think there's never been a time in history uh, that we have so much to compare with, right? Who has social media, right? Everybody. Don't even raise your hand. I know you got it, and we're, we're seeing thousands of hundreds of images uh, all the time. Uh, well, this uh, this week was kind of a good week for us. Uh, my mother-in-love is in town, and uh, she's actually watching a couple of the grandkids even right now, and I, I see that my wife brought my, brought Juliana. We got two kids, uh, twins recently this last year, if you, if you notice. We got four total, but two recently, and so it's nice to have, have her. But on Friday, she watched all the kids, and I, your boy got to take his wife out on a date. Come on, somebody. And that was... That was a W, and uh, we uh, we went to the movies. In fact, when we, I, I don't know, it's, it's really more you, right? You're just, you love movies, right? Like, if I got to control the dates, we'd be skydiving, scuba diving, sailing, jet skiing, uh, but, but you know, we don't do that. So we usually go out to eat and uh, go to the movies. That's kind of our, our favorite thing. We went to see Uncharted this last Friday. Anybody seen Uncharted? No, no one else, just us. Okay, it was kind of fun. Go see anybody see the Batman? I think that that came out. Okay, a couple couple people saw the Batman. All right. Um, anyway, so the thing about movies is when you watch a movie, right? Like you're getting the final edits, right? The, the soundtrack has been added. It's all been colored. It's perfect. You're seeing. The, the final cut, right? Like you're seeing exactly what they, they want you to see in the end. Uh, all the CG's been added and everything. Um, and so, you know, it's like it, you're seeing exactly what they want you to see. Uh, it's interesting. If you look behind the scenes, the impact isn't quite the same, okay? So anybody seen the movie Titanic in here? Anybody seen the, the movie Titanic? Okay, a, a good chunk of us have seen, seen Titanic. I have actually never seen the movie Titanic. I'm going to go down, I know, I'm going to go down in history as one of the only human beings to never see Titanic. Uh, At the time, I was in high school, and and the girl that I was dating thought Leah was the cutest thing ever, and so because I'm petty, I didn't go see the movie with her. Come on, somebody, that's not above me. And uh, and so that didn't work out, which I'm glad. Uh, But you know that scene where it's like, goodbye, Jack, right? It's like I've seen that clip, obviously, different ways. But let me show you the behind the scenes, okay? They're in a pool, and there's people around them, okay, with wetsuits. Like, it's, if, if you saw the behind the scenes, it loses its dramatic moment. They're not even in the ocean, okay? Jack's not going to drown, okay? So you're, you're just like, oh, if you, if you see that and, and you see the, the vest that it has on, it, it just it loses the drama. It loses the impact, right? Or are anybody seen the, the Endgame, right? Avengers. I mean, these are like blockbusters, right? The Infinity War and Endgame. I think some of the, the most grossing movies of all time. Uh, and so here, here's a scene with, with Iron Man and Thanos. This is the behind the scenes. It's, it, it takes the punch away, doesn't it, of, of fighting Thanos in that, that epic in that epic moment. Uh, here's another one that I like this. they got Thor and Captain America with umbrellas. Okay, like, where, where's Mjolnir, right? It's just, it loses 
that that real punch of intensity, doesn't it? There, they're fighting in Infinity War, and they're just chilling in umbrellas behind the scenes. Um, what what I'm concerned, and I am not against social media. Okay, I'm not legalistic. I'm not down on it. Uh, what I do want to caution all of us uh, with social media and and just our modern lives is it, it's so easy on our thumbs, but I think it's hard on our souls. And here's why. We're comparing somebody else's final cut and edit to our behind-the-scenes day-to-day life. And so we're seeing that couple look all romantic out on a nice date by the beach, and we're at home doing the dishes and arguing with our spouse, right? We're seeing somebody else buy the new car, and we're still trying to struggle paying off our old car or whatever, right? Like we're seeing all the final cuts and the final edits of everybody else's life, and we're dealing with our behind the scenes. And we all know this, but I think we need to be reminded, social media is not reality, Okay, like you could see that couple and they're like, oh, I love you so much and pages and pages of love. They could have had the worst fight they've ever had last week. And you have no idea, like what's, what's the behind the scenes look like, right? Um, it's interesting, in the 1970s, they said that the average person was exposed to about 500 to 1,500 ads per day which is still like a lot, right? Like 500 to 1,500 ads per day, that's, that's a chunk, right? 2007, it was 5,000 ads per day. 2021, it could be up to 10,000 ads per day. And this is from Forbes, okay? So again, I'm not against advertising. I'm not against marketing. But what, what's an ad designed to do? It's designed to make me feel like I'm less than, that I'm somehow incomplete unless I buy this product or I book this experience that somehow something in my life is missing. And so I am not against any of these things, of course, but I recognize there's never been an easier time in human history to compare my joy away, compare my peace away, compare my entire life away. The temptation to fall into envy and jealousy, I think, is probably greater now than it's ever been. Back in the day, right, you had your little village of people and you compared your marriage to four other marriages and you're like, oh, we're good to go. Look at the people in the hut next door. We're, we got this, right? But now we're exposed to 30,000 different marriages or hundreds of different churches or, or thousands of different experiences, and we all end up feeling a little less than maybe what we should be. In fact, psychologists say that depression and anxiety are on the rise like crazy, and there's a correlation between how much time we spend on social media and how depressed we feel. What, what am I saying? I'm saying that as we scroll, it's leaving us feeling a little less and a little less than, and maybe it's not adding the kind of value we hoped it would in our lives. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark 7 on envy. He says, For what, from within, out of the heart, proceeds evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting, wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. The Amplified says envy and jealousy, and the King James 21st century says an evil eye. All of these major sins that Jesus just lists off in Mark 7, and here we find envy right in the middle of, of all of this. I like, I like how the University of Rochester describes this. They said, feelings of resentment at another's good fortune have been around a long time. These feelings commonly take two forms. Envy, 
And this happens when someone has a thing or benefit that you want for yourself. For example, bigger office, larger paycheck, or special privilege, right? And jealousy. This happens when you desire a relationship. For example, you might feel jealous that a supervisor and a coworker are lunch buddies and they leave you behind. Both envy and jealousy are fanned by the perception that the winner had an unfair advantage. Jealous or envious people find themselves constantly thinking about the situation and they wonder when their turn at recognition is going to come. Why would Jesus be against us being envious and jealous? Why would Jesus be against us comparing our lives constantly away? I like what Pastor Craig Rochelle says. He said, envy is resenting God's goodness in someone else's life and ignoring God's goodness in my own. When we compare, we either feel superior or inferior. Isn't that interesting? That when I compare my life to somebody else, I've got my internal measuring stick out, right? And I either feel superior and my heart wants to drift towards pride, or I feel inferior and my heart wants to drift towards jealousy or envy. Both do not honor God. In fact, if I could say it like this, comparison gives birth to two ugly twins, pride and jealousy. I can only go one of two ways when I live a life of comparison. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. So we don't want to get in that ditch. But Proverbs 14, 30 says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Wow. Job 5, 2 says, surely resentment destroys the fool and jealousy kills the simple. I gave my heart to Christ at 17 years old, uh, very passionate, very excited about Jesus. Uh, about a half a year later, I felt called to go into ministry, and uh, which was really kind of a neat season for me. I had several other men in my life at the time that were pastors that spoke into my life and um, you know, kind of helped me just reassure that that's what God had called me to do in my life. And so I go to school and Getting, getting my degree in Christian ministries and, you know, just trying to do everything I can now. My, my whole life had shifted. I was going to go in the Air Force before that. I, I loved uh, sports, and I thought, well, that might be an easy way to pay for college. And, and so I just had all these plans, and when I gave my heart to Christ at 17, everything in my life just shifted, right? And while I was very secure, right, in, in my relationship with Jesus, I was insecure in my calling. We all have different worlds that we live in, right? Some of you are living in the business world. Some of you are in the education world. Some of you uh, are like us, and you're in the raising little kids world, okay? So we all live in these different worlds, and ministry is a world kind of all in all to itself as well. And so I, I had no idea what I was doing. As a senior in college, I was pastoring my first small church in Indiana, you know, and I had no idea what I was doing, but, you know, I, I, gave, it, I gave it my best try, and in and out of youth ministry, and then we traveled five years full time. And so, you know, and you guys know the story a couple years ago, we, we plant this church. And so it was just interesting on my journey. But back in my early 20s, I was really jealous of this other guy. And we were both in our early 20s, but man, he had everything in ministry that I wanted. Like he came, his dad was a pastor of a large church, which gave him access to relationships and partners and a platform that at the time I could only dream of. 
And he was an incredible communicator. He still is to this day. He's a phenomenal communicator. Uh, and he was great at raising partners. And he was great at doing events. And I remember just feeling so envious of his start in life and so frustrated at my own. He's doing large events, and I'm preaching to 30 youth kids that don't want to pay attention, right? Like, I remember there were some youth group nights we would preach, and we'd go play, like, kickball afterwards, and, and kids would get mad at each other. One time, me and the junior high youth pastor, we had to break up a fight. This kid got a staple out. He's, like, stapling this other kid over this, over this kickball fight, you know? And I'm like, what is my life? Youth ministry is insane. I actually saw a meme recently. It made me laugh so hard. And it was like St. Peter at the gates of heaven and, he, and this guy standing before him. And it goes, it says here that you didn't make the list, but it also says that you did a few years of youth ministry. So we'll count that as time for that and we'll let you in. And I was like, I was like, yes, like it's so, so savage in youth ministry. And so I remember just feeling so jealous and, and so envious of this individual. They just had everything that I wanted, and, and they just kind of were what I, I wanted to be. And for several years, I am locked in envy and jealousy. I don't know if you've ever been locked in envy and jealousy, but it is miserable, right? You're playing this game of comparison with this person, and they don't even know you exist sometimes, right? Like, you are the one miserable. Your bones are the ones that are rotting, the Bible says, and, and they're just living their life, which is even more annoying, right? Like it's even more annoying. And so I am just locked. And one time uh, we, we did, in a, we served there, there an event. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to get over it and I'm going to go serve. And I'm just, you know, you know how you talk Bible to yourself sometimes where you're like, I'm just going to go do the Christian thing and it's going to work out. So we go and we serve. We're at this event and, and I don't know, there must have been a miscommunication or something, but he thought I did something wrong, and I, I'm just like, I was still like, what even happened? And he comes up, and he yells at me, and he cusses me out at this Christian event. And now, not only am I envious and jealous, I'm offended. You see where this is going in my life, right? God, I think, set this whole, whole thing up. So I'm envious, I'm jealous, I'm offended, I'm angry, I'm really mad at God. How dare somebody that act like that have any? You know, isn't it funny how it's so easy to play God in these scenarios? And I remember at the time, God really put on my heart to like give to their ministry. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. I fought God for a few months on that one. Didn't change my envy right away, but it did open a door a little bit. 20 years later, I'm obviously free from envy and jealousy in this whole scenario. And I, I learned, yeah, I hope so after 20 years, right? You're like, my God, like how, how long are you going to hold on to this jealousy? Um, but I learned a few things along my journey following Jesus and being in life, doing life and being in ministry for 20 years. Um, a couple things. I, I learned that there are different marathons. If you're taking notes, write, write this down. There are different marathons on the earth, right? There's the original marathon, the battle from Marathon to Athens, right? That, that race. Uh, there's the Boston Marathon. There's the Berlin Marathon. There's a marathon in Morocco, the Moroccan Desert. And it's actually the, the most dangerous and difficult foot race on earth, they call it, across this very hot desert. And the thing is, you can't win the Berlin Marathon arriving in Athens. You can't win the Boston Marathon running across the desert. I don't win my marathon arriving at your finish line. I have my own marathon to run. 
And it took me a few years, but I realized I'm trying to run this guy's marathon, and it's not working for me. It's working for him, but there's no grace in this race for me. I, I, they now still, you know, they, they do things from time to time. But, you know, one thing in 20 years I've learned is things change. I like my life a whole lot more now than I did 20 years ago. And I like my life a lot more now than I think I would have ever enjoyed going down that path, right? And so I've learned a little bit in time. I was like, man, marathons, there's different marathons. There's different races. There's different lanes. And I am miserable trying to run in someone else's lane. If you found yourself just miserable and jealous in life, I wonder, are you in your lane or are you trying to live in someone else's lane? Here's a comforting thought. No one can steal your calling. No one can take your calling, but you can always be looking in somebody else's lane and trip up. You can get jealous and always see who's behind you and ahead of you and never keep your eyes on, on Jesus, right? And so I learned over time I need to run in my own lane, right? I've got to run my own marathon. Um, it, to me, it's a tragedy. We're all born originals, but so many people end up dying a copy of someone else. You've been given your own lane to run in. You don't have to be defensive about that or jealous about that. Live in your own lane and take care of your own lawn, right? There's, there's space for you and your gift. But the other thing that I had to learn over the course of a few years, and it literally it took me a, a few years to get out of this jealousy and this envy situation, um, and that was a little deeper, a little darker. I had to deal with my own insecurity. And so if you tone me out, tone me right back in a little bit, because I want to talk about this. I had to deal with my own insecurity. While I was very secure in Jesus, I was insecure in ministry. I was secure in that God had saved me and rescued me, but I was insecure in who I was. When you're insecure, you always have to find an external win to cover for an internal loss. Oh, come on. That was good. I always have to look out for something to find my identity and my worth because there's, there's a brokenness, there's a loss on, on the inside. And I, I think it really comes down to this, this question for us. Who or what is going to define my self-worth? And honestly, if your answer is anyone or anything other than Jesus, it will fall short. There, there's a little saying in ministry, and they say, ministry makes a terrible mistress. She'll flirt with you and then dump you the next week. You know, like, and it's, it's true. There, there's something about Jesus is consistent, but there's a lot of aspects to life that are not. See, if you, if you put your self-worth in money, it will go up and down as the stock markets, and, you know, and if you put it in Bitcoin, my God, like it's been a hard few months for you, right? Like, like, where is your self-worth coming from? Okay, like if it's coming from a person, it will go up and down with, with their acceptance or rejection, right? So, so where is your value coming from? And I realized, like, yes, I trusted God, you know, for my salvation, all these things, but I was putting way too much worth and my value in ministry, so whether you're in ministry or business or money or a person or a marriage, whatever it is, where are you drawing your worth from? I don't think there's anything worse than being insecure. It's just a terrible, terrible feeling because you're always trying to pull something in, and, and yet it's never able to cover. A larger house won't cover this. 
Another, another paycheck won't cover this. A newer car can't cover this. There's something very broken on the inside of this. And can I be honest with you? It's only the liquid love of God that can melt this insecurity away and fill you with a secure love. It, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? I brought a measuring tape because I want to put this in our minds today. It sounds so Sunday school, doesn't it? Yeah, pastor, of course I get my self-worth from Jesus. Of course I get my identity from, from Jesus. I, I get it. Of course I know what the right answer is. Why, why is this so hard to do? Why is this so hard to do? Um, I, I think we all internally, we all have a measuring tape, right? How we measure success, failure, others, ourselves, you know, whatnot. And measuring tapes, of course, are, are good. We need them, okay? Like recently I built, uh, yesterday actually, wow, why does yesterday feel like two days to me? I built an Ikea piece, okay? And after cursing the universe for three hours, I finally got it built, okay? No, I'm kidding, mostly. Uh, Ikea is just Legos for adults, man. That's all it is. It's absolutely miserable. Um, and so, you know, of course, we measured it out, made sure it fit, and it barely squeezed in, but, but we got it. Uh, but we measure, right? We measure ourselves. And, uh, you know, I'm comfortable. I think if I have shoes on and give myself a little generosity, I'm like maybe 6'1", maybe 6'1 and a half if I'm being generous. And I'm, I'm secure in my six, my six feet, okay? Uh, if I'm around somebody seven feet, we'll sit down and have coffee, okay? Like I'm mostly, I'm mostly secure in, in who that is, right? And, but if I measure, you know, an arm or something and wrap it around, or if I measure a waist and Y'all want to know what that says? Don't, I ain't going to tell you. I ain't going to tell you. It's less than Christmas, okay? Um, but, but we measure things, right? And, and it seems, even in the Bible, that godly people miss the measurement sometimes that we measure. When, when God called Samuel to anoint the next king, what does he do? He gets out and he measures. Ooh, this is the tall, good-looking one. Firstborn, surely he is the next king. What does God say? No, that's, that's not who I've called. And he goes to the second one. Hey, this is the second best option. Surely this is who you've called and who you've anointed. Let me, let me measure him. And he goes literally all the way down the line. What does God say? God's like, man, I just had a man that was a head and foot taller than everybody else, but I didn't have his heart. Oh, come on, somebody, right? Like, I just had somebody that was tall and good-looking, but he never had the courage to follow me. Okay, like we can measure the outside, but this won't tell you the weight of someone. It won't, it won't give you the depth of what's on the inside, right? And, and, and because of all of our insecurities, we want to find that external factor that covers for the internal loss. And God is saying, I'm looking for someone whose heart belongs to me and who will follow me. You see, this can tell you if she's fine, but it won't tell you if she's friendly. After 20 years, you, you got to live with friendly, man. And you can have both. I would recommend both. But he might have big biceps, but is he godly? Because you, you, you fall for the biceps, but you marry godly. Right? Like, like it's so easy to, to want to measure it and say, this is where my life's at and this is where theirs at. And now we can compare, but this won't give you the depth of what's happening on the inside. On the inside, I just wonder if our measurements are wrong. I just wonder if we're struggling with envy and jealousy. I just wonder if our measuring stick is just a little off. Am I measuring the right things? Because if I don't have enough money and I'm miserable and I'm mad at the people that do, might you be measuring the wrong things? 
If you're frustrated today, if their relationship looks so good, and why am I still single, Jesus, and it's all your fault, are we measuring the wrong things this morning? What's on the inside? And if I'm honest, I had to come to that place and say, God, something's broken with me. Something is wrong with me. There's there's some insecurity in me that I need you to work on that has nothing to do with them. Nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with me because while I was stuck in envy and jealousy, what am I not doing? I'm not thanking God. You know, the Bible actually says this is God's will for your life that you thank. You know, if you want to know what God's will is, just start with thankfulness, right? We can always thank God for something. Thank you, Jesus. I live in South Florida. Come on. It's March. It could be a snowstorm right now. Like, I got all 10 toes. Thank you, God, for my big toe. Like, thank you, Lord. Like, like we can always thank God for something, right? What, what was I not doing? I was not enjoying my life. I wasn't thanking God for what he was doing in, in our ministry. I wasn't thanking God for the kids that were coming to Christ. I wasn't thankful that we, we did have another good week. I, I wasn't enjoying my marriage. I wasn't enjoying what God had for me. See, if I'm always looking across lanes, I'll never just live in my own lane. I'll never enjoy my own lane and my own process. I just had to realize, God, something is wrong in here. Deal with this man in the mirror. Why is that so hard for us? So easy to understand, so, so hard to do. Can I encourage you as I wind down today? There, there is no one or anything that can ever heal the loss on the inside other than the cross of Christ. There is no job. There is no promotion. There is no thousand more followers. Or if I just get this next thing done, or if I just get in a relationship, or I finally get my married right, it, it does not exist. There is one man and one man only that can deal with the loss on the inside, and his name is Jesus. And when I did get some security, when I did enjoy my own lane, when I did enjoy my own marathon, not only did I get free, but I started enjoying my own life. And, and the reason I want to talk about this topic as I wind down today is like I find so many believers comparing their joy away. You're not enjoying your life. You're not enjoying your relationships. You're not enjoying your process. You're, you've compared your peace away because you're always looking and always reaching, but you're not just living in your lane. Amen? Let me pray for us today as we wind down. Heavenly Father, thank you. God, just for your peace, for your joy. God, I thank you that uh, you have called us to live thankful lives. Um, and God, where really comparison begins, I think contentment ends. And Father, I ask that you'd bring us back to a place of contentment. You'd bring us back to a place of peace and joy. God, that you would fill us with love today. And Lord, you're the only one that can deal with the insecurity on the inside. I really believe that. I, I believe that you are secure in who you are and what you did. And God, I believe it's through the power of the Spirit that you can make us secure. God, so that we're not always looking to external factors to find security, but we can live there because of you. God, thank you for helping us. God, we have challenges, but Lord, I thank you that you've gone before us. God, you can move mountains. You can make crooked ways straight. And you can level mountains for us. So, Father, thank you for doing that all while we're living in the security of Jesus. It's in your amazing name we pray. Amen and amen. Just give God two seconds of a shout this morning if you needed that. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. 
Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing week.